now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to talk with. You can find them by visiting the cfax1070.com website. Look under shows and you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information. Or you can always find me online or on social media. Also, if you are looking for an expert realtor to purchase or sell your property, call me. I'm a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. Be happy to help. Today, our show is going to be about community, talking about things that communities do to become vibrant, what makes a place a nifty place to be. So many of us here in Victoria are from other places. Now, I'm not. The listeners will probably know I'm born and raised here in Victoria. Victoria is pretty well all I know. I do have the privilege of going to other cities in a lot of my work. I get the chance to feel what other communities do, uh, or more importantly, actually, what they don't do. And it reminds us about some of the neat things that happen here in Victoria. We're going to have a conversation with Heather Leary with Mark My Words Communications, talking all about things that happen here in the CRD. But as always, let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540, or you can find us online at cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. This week, I had a lengthy call with a lady who's recently had a really bad buying experience uh, here in Victoria. Uh, for privacy and to protect all of those involved, we're going to refer to her as Sylvia. She's listening today to today's show, so she'll know that we are talking about her. But I'm going to give you basically the Coles notes uh, as to my conversation with her just the other day. She bought a strata home. Uh, it was a busy market, busy market time, so she was advised to write an offer without conditions, an unconditional offer. So there was no subject to financing, no subject to building inspection, no subject to reading strata documents or any of those things. Since moving in, she has discovered that the strata has had a number of issues relating to maintenance. Uh, In fact, uh, as she put it, there were conversations about some major projects coming forward that were not reported in the minutes. In fact, they were either done in camera Uh, or not reported at all. And of course, these things have come out uh, since she has moved in. So firstly, I want to say I am not a lawyer, so I'm not providing legal advice here. Additionally, I am not a managing real estate broker. I am a real estate agent, but I'm not a manager, and I'm not privy to all the facets of this transaction. So I'm only piecing together the situation based on my conversation with one party. So from what I gathered, it's my understanding that Sylvia, first of all, did not receive the strata documents prior to writing her unconditional offer. Uh, This is always a concern because, you know, it is by and large the largest purchase you're ever going to make in your life, for most people anyways. And especially when you're buying into a strata, it's very different than a detached single family home. The thing about a strata, of course, is that 
you are buying into a community. It's funny, we're talking about community on the show today, but you're buying into a community of neighbors and there's a lot of shared costs, things like major systems. You're looking at roofs, elevator if there is one, exterior, you know, uh, landscaping, uh, and on older buildings too, things do start breaking down. And as they do, all of the owners jointly together have to band together and put the funds together to make sure that the building or the complex remains in good shape. So it is uh, disturbing to know that uh, Sylvia did not have access to these strata documents until after she bought. The uh, other, actually, you know, my biggest concern here about what I, what I gathered from my conversation with her is that Sylvia, as a consumer, during this entire process felt that she had no choice but to write her offer without conditions. We've talked about this on the show uh, a few times before. It is a function of a busy marketplace where if you want to be competitive, if you want to buy a property, you've got you've got to make your offer as clean as possible. So we've seen offers that don't have subject to financing, subject to billing inspection, subject to uh, strata documents and things like that. But for a practitioner like myself, I want to make sure that the consumer has done all of those things in advance. So when they write an unconditional offer, it doesn't mean that they're not having to read strata documents or having to get their financing. We as professional realtors would want to have the buyer prepared first so they've talked to their bank and they know they can pull it off. They've read the strata bylaws and minutes and they are comfortable with it and hopefully have had it reviewed by another party like a lawyer or other services that are available in Victoria who can review these things Uh, and other things too like building inspections. The nice thing about delayed offers that we've seen a lot of in a hot marketplace is and by the way that is if an offer if a property becomes available today but you can't make offers for another seven days. The good thing about that is it gives a buyer the opportunity to actually do their due diligence and go out and do building inspections and make sure that they are happy with what they are buying. So the the distressing thing, as I said, in this particular case here is uh, Sylvia mentioned to me a couple of times that her agent, and you know, I, I don't want to get involved in the situation at all, but her agent basically gave her the impression that there was no other option but to be unconditional. And I have to tell you this, and I will tell all the listeners this as well too, there always are options. You are the buyer. You are the consumer. You're in the driver's seat. You get to decide what you want to do. Uh, it is our job as real estate professionals to give you options. Now, you know, if she wanted to write a uh, subject to reading strata um, minutes and bylaws and financial statements and everything, um, that is fine. We would probably say, listen, if you do put that condition in there, you might not get the property in the event that you're competing with other parties. Um, but like I said, stepping back a step, I would most definitely make sure that she had access to those things even before making the decision because I, for one, would never want to have a consumer end up in a situation like Sylvia is here now. The other thing that I do want to talk about is uh, we had a conversation about what happens when you as a consumer are unhappy with your real estate transaction. There are um, there are resources in place. So much like the Better Business Bureau, the Real Estate Board does have a professional standards committee. 
and that is there to serve the public. If, the, if you as a consumer um, think that your agent has not acted properly, just get in touch with the Victoria Real Estate Board. In fact, the manager in charge, his name is Ian Mason. He's the fellow that you'll want to talk to. There are forms. There is a process to go through. Basically, your file will be reviewed uh, by uh, members of the committee, and if they do find that there have been um, uh, some mishandling on part on the part of the agent, um, a number of things can happen. The agent gets fined. Uh, the worst thing for most is the agent can have their name on a disciplinary action, which goes out to the rest of the 1,300 members, basically just outlining the mistake that that agent has done. Um, you know, that's that's actually a really hard thing for many agents to take. Uh, thankfully, I have never been uh, up for a disciplinary action, um, but it is one of those social justices that uh, really can prevent um, uh, agents from doing bad things because they never want to get on that list. That is the Victoria Real Estate Board. In addition to that, there's the Real Estate Council, who's the governing body that provides licensing for all of the realtors in British Columbia. They not only issue licenses, they also have the power to take licenses away. So if the um, misbehavior was bad enough uh, and it goes to council, the council can also fine and also remove that licensee's um, license for either period of time or for forever. Uh, preventing them from selling real estate anytime in the future. So uh, if any of you have any questions about the process uh, to make a complaint, just get in touch with me. I'd be happy to tell you more about it or go online to the Victoria Real Estate Board, which is vreb.org. That's vreb.org. Thanks for calling, Sylvia. I had a very uh, good conversation with you. I'm sorry to hear about what you've gone through, and I certainly hope that you manage to um, uh, make uh, everything right for yourself there. Uh, again, if you have a real estate question you'd like answer, answered on our show, just find us online at cfax.com. Uh, or if you're a podcast listener, you can always listen to us on iTunes or Google Play. We're going to take a quick little break here, and then when we come back, we'll be back with Heather Leary. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Either thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Our guest now is Heather Leary. Heather is uh, an accredited public relations manager. Uh, she, ha- she holds her accreditation in public relations with the Canadian Public Relations Society. Uh, she is the principal at Mark My Words Communications, and she's done a number of things that you may or may not have partaken in here in Greater Victoria. I'll give you some examples here. She was involved in the reopening of the Italian bakery. She's involved in the Victoria Whiskey Festival. Uh, she works with Broadmead Village. She's worked on the Freshwater Fishery Society of British Columbia, Theater Scam, uh, Fly Zone Body Flight Body Flight Mobile Systems. Uh, she is the marketing and project manager for the Oak Bay Business Improvement Association. And she was also the manager on a project that I did with her for a number of years, which was the Chinatown Night Market. Heather, thanks for coming. Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, Heather, you know, we're, we want to talk a bit about community here. And, and uh, I've just heard we're going to have another guest on the line uh, after our little break here. Um, but events, I mean, this is your forte. You are an events person. Uh, especially for organizations like the Business Improvement Association. Um, tell us about how important events are for communities. 
events are hugely important for communities and they're growing in scope and in um, where we're seeing them in different public spaces. Certainly in Oak Bay, we started doing larger scale events in 2001, starting with the Christmas light up. It's been 16 years. Yeah, we're working on our 17th light up now, okay. already underway. And well, well, actually, hold on. For those that don't know or those who aren't in Oak Bay, this is a big deal. Right, explain, uh, describe the light up. So the Christmas light up is an event. We closed the Main Street on Oak Bay Avenue and we have installed over the two months preceding lights on eight blocks of the buildings, the trees, uh, all along everywhere so that when the lights come on at five o'clock on the last Sunday in November, the whole village is lit up like a magical Christmas village. And we see probably between three and 5,000 people coming out for that, depending on the weather. And it's interesting because when we first started in 2001, the demographics were we saw a lot more seniors and we saw people setting up chairs in front of the stage to listen to the music and that kind of thing. And as the events have evolved over, you know, a decade and a half, now we see a huge number of families come. We see multi-generational groups come out and as such have evolved the events to reflect the community around us. And this is important because it's, it, like you said, it's been 16 years. There's always been that uh, perception that Oak Bay, the Tweed Curtain, yes, and it is sort of like a um, expanded version of the home of the newlywed and nearly dead or whatever, more towards the, the latter. But we are definitely seeing that changing demographic because there are younger families coming into Oak Bay. We see a huge number of them on a daily basis in the village. And in fact, as a, as a good example, Timeless Toys used to be a very small business uh, in terms of uh, square footage in the back of Athlone Court. And they moved out of Athlone Court and into a large space on Oak Bay Avenue where they continue to be very successful because we see more families come through and we see more kids. And we see a lot of these changes as people moved into the community and the businesses grow to reflect that and the community has, has really embraced that. So it's important for vibrancy of a community to, to evolve as the community evolves. So as we see a younger demographic, our events have evolved and our business community has evolved to reflect those needs and keep it exciting and keep it an engaging place. Well, and this is the reason why the Business Improvement Association uh, wants to have events here because it's good for the village. It brings people down, right? Well, from our perspective, it's good for everyone. Uh, for instance, Halloween, when we started, well, <laughs> when I started working on Halloween in 2001, it was a lovely small event, 150 kids, a trick-or-treat around the village, and it's continued to grow yeah. as a safe space for families to come, and we see multi-generations coming down and trick-or-treating. And last year, even though Halloween was a Monday, we had... 1,200 kids, 4,000 people, we now have music, we have entertainment, things going on, and we close the street to accommodate the amount of people. Yeah, so for those listening here, if you have kids, you don't need to be an Oak Bay resident. We still get a lot of visitors that come from other regions, other areas in the region too, right? Um, but as Heather just said, the street gets closed down. It's a safe place to trick-or-treat because all of the shops uh, have candy. Now, I have an office there on Oak Bay Avenue. We went through a 1,000 pieces of candy last year. So I know there's a lot of kids. And it's also a community effort because Kiwanis do a hot dog barbecue down at the fire hall. There's a bonfire that the firemen participate in. Kids can douse the flames with a fire hose <laughs> under supervision of the firemen. So there's engagement on that level as well. Yeah. We have pumpkin art behind the city hall. I know the mayor himself is a participant in our you know, dog costume contest that we had on the avenue. So yeah. everyone in the full scope of the community gets involved. And that's what makes it successful. It reflects 
things that the community enjoys, and there's that level of participation. We're here right now with Heather Leary from Mark My Words Communications. Talking about Halloween, there's also pumpkin art. Yes, we still have pumpkin art. Uh-huh. That takes place behind the Municipal Hall. And how many pumpkins are there pumpkins. now? Yeah, 500. Over, over 500. Okay. Yeah. So and we work with Oak Bay Kiwanis to host that event. And this year, the money raised goes to buy a defibrillator for the Oak Bay Fire Department. So, yeah. And again, for those who don't know, it's behind the Oak Bay Municipal Hall, and it, it leads up to Halloween, right? Yeah, it's you the five this? days leading up to and including Halloween. Yeah, And these are pumpkins that have been hand-carved by a local artist, uh, and they've been on display for many years, and it's a really cool event to come to. So you bring your family down with a donation and, and get a chance to see this really neat, uh, neat display. So we're hoping to add some new features this year, which I'm still working on. So stay tuned. Great. Community, so important. Um, the other thing that Oak Bay has, you know, actually it's funny, talking to you right now, it just reminds me, there's a lot of stuff that happens in Oak Bay. And I know all the municipalities have their own things too. But, you know, we're talking Oak Bay today. There's the night markets too. Yes, we do a night market once a month through the summer, the second Wednesday in June, July, August, and September. And again, one of the successful things for the market is it becomes a community gathering space. We close up Bay Avenue. The tents are arranged on the center of the street so that there's a clear view to the businesses and a clear path for people to walk through. And it's a place where people come. They enjoy the street food. They buy their produce. They look at the artist market. And then they really come out and visit with their neighbors and enjoy an evening out in a public space that becomes a gathering space because there's no cars, mm-hmm. kids are running around, there's magic with Paul Kilshaw, Theater yeah. Scam brought their theater, and people could enjoy short shows. So we continue to add aspects, cultural aspects. Yeah, and this is and sizable now too, right? Because you have, is it 90-something uh, vendors? We're at 100, which is our max for space. Wow, yeah, because it's a pretty small space, and that also includes food trucks. Yes. Uh, there's food, there's some, and uh, beer, right? Yes, actually, we moved to being a locally produced market so that we could have our local wineries, breweries, and spirit makers participate in the market. So we have uh, Spinnakers, we have Seasider come down, Rocky Creek Winery, Avril Creek. Uh, Arbutus Distillery came down from Nanaimo this year, wow. and Ampersand comes down from Cowichan. So we have a number of all very local, um, all uh, an opportunity for people to find out what's being made and produced in their backyard. So it's also strengthening the local economy and the local community in that way. Well, any of the listeners here who went to any of the markets this year uh, know that it's a busy place. Like Sydney has a fantastic market. Oak Bay now has really become something. I remember the first uh, market of the year. Year, I was looking down the street, and it was full of people, and and we had good we had good weather all year. We had good we? weather for all of the markets. Yeah, and I got to say, you know, that little theater, uh, my kids, they have to go in and see uh, a performance every it's, single every it's month. Good fun. When we did the first market nine years ago, we weren't sure what the response would be. We did it sort of as a pilot, and we had vendors come and set up on the sidewalk, and we had so much pedestrian traffic that Oak Bay police had to come and do some traffic control for the crosswalks because the cars were backed up past Fall Bay. So yeah. that's when we knew the community was going to embrace it and that it would become a full-on market with a much larger component. So we've continued to grow it ever since. Yeah, and you know, this is the whole home show. So this is a real estate show. The reason why we're talking about this right now is because it's part of the community. This is one of the things that 
uh, families, when they're looking to move into the neighborhood there, uh, it's interesting because it's not like they move because of the night market. They don't move in Oak Bay because of uh, light up or because of uh, pumpkin art or anything. But it's an, it's an amenity that really uh, brings the community together because when people are here, they really take ownership of the fact that, hey, we're in Oak Bay. This is what we have. Come on down. Uh, we love it. Listen, uh, Heather, if people need to get in touch with you uh, for event planning or, or whatever, how can, they do, how can they do that? They can go to my LinkedIn, yeah. uh, my Heather Leary LinkedIn, or they can also connect with me through the Oak Bay BIA website. There's a form that comes to me. So that's uh, visitoakbayvillage.com. CA. Great. Well, you know, there's there's so there's so many great and fun things happening at Oak Bay. Uh, thanks for joining us, Heather. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to have on the line our mystery guest. Back in just a moment. Now, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Of course, our show was brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager. For Island Savings. If you want an opinion on insurance and mortgages, you can always find them by visiting the CFAX1070.com website. You'll find our show, The Whole Home Show, and their contact information is there. I was referring just before our break when we had a conversation with Heather Leary, who is still in the studio with us right now, uh, about our mystery guest. We have a mystery guest on the telephone right now. Uh, I will introduce him. Um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a few things about him before I disclose his name. Um, he has had a number of appointments. Now, we were talking about Oak Bay, of course, because our conversation was about the Oak Bay Business Improvement Association. Uh, some internal appointments of our next guest were the Oak Bay Parcel Tax Roll Review Panel, Oak Bay Police Board, uh, Oak Bay Receptions. He's been involved in the Capital Regional District uh, in areas of uh, the Hospital District, a Core Area Liquid Waste Management Committee, and Crest Corporation. Uh, this gentleman here served for five terms as a counselor of Oak Bay, uh, and I'm sure many of you have figured out already, our guest right now is Mayor Nils Jensen. Mayor Jensen, thanks for joining us. Well, it's it's a pleasure, uh, Tony. I've never been called mysterious before, so <laughs> this is uh, certainly uh, an honour. Uh, and uh, But I like to think that uh, we're uh, open and transparent and okay about everything. Okay. So, but it's, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you. You do a great show, a great service for our community, and... Uh, uh, I really uh, appreciate how active you are too in our oh. community. I think your uh, your Mister Easter Egg role, as I can recall, or have been in the past. That's right. We didn't even talk about that. That's a whole other uh, other topic. But um, Marinels, I wanted to talk with you about Oak Bay because you know, although a lot of our listeners here are probably residents uh, in the district, uh, there's a lot of people that actually listen uh, from around the region, up island. And also on our podcast as well, too. So um, let's talk a little bit about Oak Bay. W- what does Oak Bay mean to you? Well, uh, Oak Bay means community. And uh, we really emphasize the connectivity uh, in our community between people, uh, uh, with, uh, you know, between people in nature, people in the local government. Uh, it, it really is a sense of, of uh, belonging that we have here in Oak Bay. We connect to our uh, wonderful uh, history. Uh, we connect to the First uh, Nations uh, as part of that history and, and part of the ongoing relationship. 
and we connect to the arts. Uh, so we, we, we try to create a, um, a friendly, uh, open uh, community that everyone uh, feels comfortable uh, belonging in. Uh, I think there were years gone by. I think that uh, people often speak about the Tweed Curtain. <laughs> we referred to that earlier, yeah. Yeah, and it, I, you know, we've we sent it out to be cleaned and and didn't bother picking it up after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was decades ago. Yeah. Uh, the um, because we're not that uh, we're not connected in the same way we were to the uh, the original uh, European settlers from Scotland and England. Mm-hmm. And then there was a period of time when uh, you know, particularly the early days of uh, Oak Bay, when there was. Uh, a lot of uh, people who come from Scotland and England to settle in the area. So, and and then they got the reputation to some extent. I think in, in final analysis, wrongly that we we had this sense of exclusion to other members of or other communities in the the CRD. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and we certainly are now a vibrant, uh, forward-looking community. We've had. Uh, I often like to uh, to say that Oak Bay is the arts capital of the capital. <laughs> uh, we've had a very vibrant art scene going on, uh, and uh, now we have a music scene. So it uh, really is uh, a, a together community. Great fun to live here. Raised my kids here, and I like to think that we're uh, we're very attractive in so many ways, naturally, historically, through heritage, and uh, also through our friendliness. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, Heather and I were just talking about uh, a little while ago was the fact that Oak Bay itself, you know, going back to this Tweed Curtain thing, it really has experienced a changing demographic in recent years. You'd agree. You were sort of alluding to that, right? Well, I, I, I am. I mean, statistically, though, we, are, we do have the second highest number of retired people uh, or people over a certain age uh, in the CRD. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now is a lot of new families uh, and families with uh, with kids and, and and lots of kids. I, I for instance, I uh, I go to uh, uh, all new homeowners uh, to give them uh, you know kind of a welcome package of information. Yeah, you pop by uh, and knock on the door, right? Absolutely. I have uh, I don't have any soup or salads <laughs> or anything like that, but I have information about our bylaws and I give uh, some. Uh, passes to the recreation center and what i am seeing now i'm seeing a a number of different demographics uh one is there's a lot of people uh, who are cashing out of the vancouver market coming to uh, oak bay Mm -hmm. but i'm also seeing a lot of families who've had kind of if i can call it a home instinct Mm -hmm. and what what joins a lot of these families is their their earlier connection to oak bay so some might have gone to uvic and always wanted to come back here. Some might have grown oh. up, gone away, uh, you know, earned their stake, uh, started a family in other parts of Canada or the world, and then now come back to raise their family. And I think that's an absolutely wonderful trend. Um, and so we we used to be, uh, you know, a, a community of many, many families. But over the years, with house prices and, and the like, We've seen a little bit of the decrease in the number of families, but I think they're starting to come back now. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's a really good point because uh, I mean we ourselves as as uh, people helping people buy homes in the neighborhood there, I have bumped into a lot of um, people that went to UVic, and it's I think it's saying something when they have the ability to go anywhere where they choose to live, not just in Victoria but in Oak Bay specifically. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of that. You know, someone might have been uh, gone and maybe for 10, 20 years worked as a stockbroker uh, uh, in uh, in Toronto or or overseas or or worked as a as an engineer and now has been able to find a job back here. Yeah. The other thing I'm seeing is uh, people who. Uh, are now able to telecommute and can live anywhere. Yeah. I ran into uh, a lawyer uh, just uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, I was chatting with. He's got a, a full-time practice in uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be in the office. He does everything uh, from uh, from his home here in, in Oak Bay. So we're seeing more of that. Um, and, and as telecommuting kind of spreads to uh, uh, other professions, uh, I think again we'll we'll see a lot of uh, uh, you know the kind of professionals, uh, consultants uh, coming here. Yeah, and uh, of course that's good for the community because these are people that are frequenting the coffee shops, the stores, you absolutely. know, um, all the businesses, uh, not only in Old Bay but in Greater Victoria too, right? Yeah, and one of the, the more interesting ones. This was years ago. Uh, you know, there was a, a little league dad uh, who. Uh, who was a uh, emergency room physician, uh-huh. uh, and that was his specialty. And he worked for about ten days on, and then he worked ten days off. You wow. know where he worked? Where worked in New York City, and he chose to live here. And he chose to live in Oak Bay, and I think it was because of the sense of security, yeah. uh, raising uh, the kids. Of, exactly, yeah. you know. And and this is a great place to. Uh, to raise kids, we raised our our two boys here. Uh, they have fond memories of learning to swim at the Oak Bay Rec Center, playing at Fireman's Little League Park, uh, being part of the scouts and learning to sail. You know, from that point of view, I don't think you can find a better family-oriented community than here in Oak Bay. It's, it's really quite fantastic. Uh, and we're so fortunate and blessed uh, to live here and... Uh, uh, you know, what we're looking at, of course, is, uh, you know, kind of looking to ensure that in the future we have a diversity of, of residences that people can return to or stay in the community if they choose to uh, downsize. So that's well, something that's far future. You know what? That's a great segue because we're going to take a quick break in just a moment here. We want to talk about that. We want to talk about moving ahead and what uh, Oak Bay has to offer. But before the break, I got to say, you know, we've been talking about people making their choices to live in Oak Bay. Uh, I, I refer to this often online, and I, and uh, my friends in Winnipeg are going to hate me for saying this, but I don't see a lot of people choosing to live in Winnipeg. <laughs> Anyways, I we're... Yeah, I think that could probably be said about uh, many other prairie uh, towns where uh, they have uh, copious amounts of winter. That's right. Well, listen, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment with Mayor Nils Jensen. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show here on CFAX 1070, and I'm Tony Joe. We've been having a wonderful conversation here with the Mayor of Oak Bay, Nils Jensen. Nils, thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me, uh, Tony. Yeah, so just before the break, I was making a comment about Winnipeg. Uh, I'm actually going there in two days, so uh, I get to visit, and and, uh, I'll tell them that I still enjoy it. I've been there before. It's a nice town. Uh, However, I could do without the winters, which is probably the reason why people end up here in Victoria, not only Victoria, but Oak Bay, too. Uh, We were talking about changing demographics uh, with both you and my earlier guest, Heather Leary, and how things have changed in Oak Bay. There's a whole evolution going on. Um, Let's talk about that with with Oak Bay. What's happening? 
Well, uh, you know, Oak Bay has has been uh, evolving right since the times that uh, first European contact. I mean, these were the traditional lands of the Lekwungen-speaking people. Uh, and as I uh, often point out, uh, you know, since that time, the, you know, the people who come to Oak Bay are living in infill residential uh, <laughs> communities. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, you know, Oak Bay has, uh, you know, right after European contact, became large farms uh, and uh, beautiful farms were set right on the uh, the ocean, and that evolved into uh, large residences uh, in certain parts of Oak Bay. Uh, but it really, it wasn't until probably about 1910, between 1910 and 1915, you actually saw people moving here in large numbers, mm-hmm. and there was, uh, I think, there was tension, as I can read the history books between the large landowners who had, you know, they had large mansions sitting on, uh, uh, on large lots of, you know, number of acres. And they started in South Oak Bay building little, what I could describe as uh, workers' uh, houses, little blue collar uh, wow. house. Uh, and, and the reason for that was because we had a very easy commute to the workers did to downtown or to over to, uh, the Navy shipyards, we had uh, the streetcars that ran here. So South Oak Bay, you can still see remnants of this. Yeah, more, uh, more, modest, more modest houses. The two-bedroom houses with no yeah. basement uh, mm-hmm. other than dirt in the basement. You still see those, but those are slowly coming to the end of their useful lives. Uh, they were built quickly, uh, you know, sometimes well, but not always, and they're starting to deteriorate. So you'll see a replacement there. It was also a period of time when uh, we had a racetrack that was closed just uh, in just below Henderson, the area there, and the kind of bit of a flats off of Fair Street and, and that. that I, did, I did not know that. There was a racetrack. It was a racetrack, which was very popular. And the, uh, the, again, the, the uh, uh, streetcar went there, and, uh, but over time that was replaced by uh, housing. Uh-huh. And what was interesting, that, listen, there's a, there's a geographer, historian uh, by the name of Larry McCann, who's done studies of Oak Bay as part of being a professor and now a professor emeritus. And, and he talks about Oak Bay when they, when they were built in that, in that area around Carnarvon and going up to the slope. What they wanted at that point is a little a less modest houses. So they started uh, building... Um, uh, you know, slightly more expensive houses, but not uh, out of reach of the middle class. But so they wanted to go from at least uh, the kind of worker area to uh, to being more of a middle class area. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been very fortunate. We have the uplands, so we have a, a diversity of housing here in Oak Bay. But I think a lot of people, you know, judge Oak Bay by the the large, uh, beautiful houses that we see in uplands. But we have. Uh, we, we really do have a spectrum of, of housing available. In fact, 28% of our residents live in rental housing, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, along Cadboro Bay and some of the sites. People forget about that, yeah. People do forget about it. A quarter of our uh, population here are, are renters. So we're, we're uh, you know, and that's part of the evolution. Mm-hmm. And our official community plan looks forward for the next 25, 50 years and one of the initiatives would will you know um, have to do with uh, secondary suites. What do we do with secondary? Yeah, suites? Because right now Oak Bay is one of the last uh, municipalities that does not permit them, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Highlands being the other, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but we uh, we've had a lot of secondary suites. In fact, 
when people were returning home from the war in the in the mid uh, late 40s, uh, there was a lot of suites that were installed in order to accommodate the return of our soldiers. Uh, and and so a lot of those suites still exist today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know bylaws have changed since then. So you can't not supposed to be putting in suites. But I think a lot of people, and a recent survey showed that uh, more than half of, uh, of Oak Bay want us to consider regulating the suites. Because there, and there's a number of reasons for that. And part of it is demographic. Uh, people, uh, you know, as they grow older, or their kids move out, they want to stay in their homes. Uh, and, and I spoke to a, an elderly couple not that long ago, and they asked, can we can we put a secondary suite in, in the basement? Because we'd like to have a, a, an in-house caregiver. Yeah. So that means we could stay another five, maybe 10 years more in our house. Yeah. And the answer Age, is... Aging in place. Yeah. Aging in place. So you can have the caregiver live downstairs or, or whatever, but they can't have a kitchen. They can't have a separate unit. Mm-hmm. So for, for the people who want to age in place, I think it was a bonus. For young families coming in to have a mortgage helper, mm-hmm. uh, these uh, secondary suites provide excellent housing. And for boomerang kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're seeing more and more where kids kind of get their first launch. Yeah. Uh, and then they might come back for a year or two. And when they do come back, they're a little older, they're a little more mature, and they would like their own personal space. So, so there's, you know, a secondary suite would suit, uh, you know, that demographic very well. So. We're going to start to look at those uh, in the next uh, little while and, and see how we can we can balance the uh, the issues that come with secondary suites. You know, sometimes noise, uh, sometimes uh, more parking. Not always, but uh, you know, these kind of things that we have to look at. Yeah, we're and, and how to ins- and also how to ensure that uh, you know they, that they're properly uh, taxed and, uh, yeah. and they pay their share of services. And I think that's all. I mean, other communities have figured out how to do this, and I think Oak Bay will, too. Yeah. So we're on the line here with Mayor Nils Jensen from Oak Bay. Uh, so, Mayor Nils, what has been the uh, the biggest stumbling block so far? I mean, it seems like everyone else has, has gone ahead with legalizing suites. What's, what has been the, the, the biggest challenge? Well, I think the, the biggest challenge has been having a modern uh, uh, official community plan that, that creates that blueprint. So our, 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 we took two years, uh, two years ago, we started a process that took two years that came forward with an official community plan that says, you know, you know we have uh, areas that we can uh, gently densify. Mm-hmm. So you saw recently that uh, council has approved a condominium uh, rental slash rental yes. on Cadborough Bay. So what we're looking to put is... Uh, uh, living accommodations above commercial quarters, for instance. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's something Oak Bay did in the 20s and 30s. We still see remnants of that in in on Oak Bay Avenue. Oh, yeah, right so, there where Timeless Toys is, for instance. It's, it's retail yeah. in the main and apartments upstairs, right? Absolutely. And that's something we're, we want to return to because that it, it, it has a number of benefits. One, it allows uh, you know people who might want to sell their house to stay in the community. Uh, and two, it, it provides a more sustainable commercial base of, uh, of consumers. So it's got a lot of benefits. So we'll be, I think we'll be seeing more of that. Uh, so we're, you know, these little commercial residential nodes, multi, uh, you know, kind of a mixed commercial and residential going forward. So I think that will, 
uh, that'll it's something that's it's going to be innovative and again uh, create more housing options and that's what we're trying to to do here is create you know housing for for newcomers and young families and middle-aged families and and the like, right up to a senior's facility. So now, now, mind you, in a community like Oak Bay, which has a lot of tradition, uh, developments like this that, that we're talking about, I mean, it's not without its challenges, too, because it seems to me it was a very contentious development, um, and not everyone agreed with that, right? Well, that's correct. I mean, I, I, I think anything in Oak Bay that comes to council <laughs> of, a, of a land-use nature has two or three or four different sides. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we had, uh, for instance, we put in the Clive. We didn't put it in. We approved it uh, a number of years back, and there was the, there was some opposition to there. But I think now people look at it and say, this is a wonderful new residential facility yeah. that people can move, sell their house uh, in Oak Bay and move in there and still put some money in their jeans. Yeah. And that's that's very, I think that's an important way of, and, and, a, and an innovative way to keep people uh, in 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 the area because people have created uh, connections to the church, uh, to social uh, groups, to you know service groups, whatever. They want to stay here. Well, they actually, don't want to have to move to a new community when they turn sixty or sixty-five and sell their house. Well, you know, I'd like to say too. In the Clive, I have a friend uh, who is a now retired realtor, and we sold his property in Souk. And he, the, the, the goal was actually to end up in the, in the Oak Bay Village. And he was one of the first residents in the Clive. So that's exactly what it did. It, it brought people like him down. And I see him in the village all the time. So, you know, yep. he's, he's part of the fabric of the community, right? And that's where we see this, uh, you know, the gentle densification. We've had now for about 10 years, Joe, uh, uh, a, uh, you know, an, an acceptance of about a half of 1% growth wow. half a percent growth we've not even come close to that wow. in the time that we've had that in our official community plan i give you an idea and I, i'll ask you i mean we there's a lot of community groups saying oh oak bay is becoming too dense yeah. uh oak bay is uh, growing too fast so i'm going to ask you tony to tell me how many people did oak bay gain between 2011 and 2016 oh i saw this stat somewhere and it's less than we would expect right Way less. I, I, I was with a group of uh, seniors recently, and I, I asked them, yeah. I said, how many, uh, how many people did we grow? Cause, and some of them said, this is terrible. We're, we're, you know, we're getting over-densified. So some woman said, oh, I think we've grown about 2,000 yeah. in that five-year period. Another one said 1,500. Some said 500. It's only like 70, it it's like 78 or something, right? You've got the numbers reversed, 87. Oh, that's right. Okay. According to Stats Canada, yeah. from 2011 to 2016, we grew 0.4%, 87 people. Yeah. And and yet we had said that we were prepared to take a half percent per year, and we came nowhere near that. So, you know, in that same time that Oak Bay grew, grew 0.4%, uh, Victoria grew about 7%. Wow. But you have to keep in mind, though, that we don't have the green fields and the developable space that uh, that uh, other communities... Like Langford, Langford for instance. Yeah. Langford. But what we do have is the airspace above uh, our uh, commercial properties. Nice. And, you know, you've seen lots of communities throughout British Columbia um, take advantage of that. And so I said, it creates great housing and a more sustainable business environment, which great. I think we all benefit from. Because one of the, when we did a survey, we did a survey about a little over a year ago where we asked people, how satisfied are you with the quality of life in Oak Bay? 
99% said they're either satisfied or very satisfied with the quality of life. So we don't want to undo what <laughs> we have. There's no question about that. We want to protect what we have. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, but it showed, one, and one of the things they pointed to, uh, Tony, was uh, walkability. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I want to say, I want to wrap up our show, and, I, and thanks very much for coming, uh, Mayor Nils, because you are a wealth of information, and I'm sure listeners and myself got a lot out of the short time that we've had together. But I do want to say something that I have heard said before, and I know you'd agree with this. Um, it's been said that um, living in Ope is living in the best municipality in the best province, in the best country on the globe. I say that quite often myself. There we go. There we go. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate. We are. Thanks for joining us, Mayor Nils. Now, um, Heather, uh, thanks again for joining us. If people need to reach you again, Heather? Uh, they can reach me through my LinkedIn. Uh, they can email me, hleary, L-E-A-R-Y, at cha.ta, or at visit oakbayvillage.ca if you have questions about Oak Bay events. That's great. Well, thanks to my guests for joining us today, and thanks to you, you, the listeners, for, for joining us. We'll be here at the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe this time for you next week. Bye now.